Herzlich willkommen to the Syncopated Sisters. This podcast will celebrate and highlight the women who were active in the creation and development of blues and jazz. You will hear about female musicians, composers, bandleaders and more. There will also be interviews with female artists from the jazz and swing scenes of today. I'm Nina Thaler from Berlin, host and creator of the series. Enjoy listening. Welcome to the Syncopated Sisters podcast one more time. Today I have invited a wonderful guest. Sitting next to me is Noah Kamon, a clarinet player from Israel, now based in Berlin. I am very happy that I got to know her last year. We have shared the stage a couple of times and I love to hear her various and rich sounds when she blows that clarinet. I'm telling you to check out her music especially her band Minifa Trio. Uh, you can check that on YouTube or Instagram. But today we are here to talk. I have invited Noam to tell us more about one special female musician that she is passionate about. The musician presented in this episode is Francisca Gonzaga, also known as Chiquinha, a pianist, composer, conductor and activist from Brazil. A woman who was criticized by the society of her time quite a lot, and not only a couple of her actions were labeled as scandalous for a woman. So let's find out more about Shikinia. Welcome, Noam, and thank you very, very much for being here. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So for the start, can you give us a short uh, sum up of how Francisca caught your attention and tell us more about how you find out about her. Yeah, of course, these things are always a little bit hard to summarize, especially with someone like Francisca Gonzaga that lived for nine decades, but I will try my best. So I started playing um, Brazilian music, especially choral music, a couple of years ago. Um, coming from classical background, but then developing more into Latin, Latin jazz, different folklore styles of Latin America. Um, so I was learning repertoire of Choro, and then I came across this name, Chiquinha Gonzaga. She's more known as Chiquinha, but we are trying to establish her more as Francisca, which was the name she was born with and always signed with. I saw this name and I was intrigued. It's the first time I saw a woman wrote early Shoro music. So I looked her up. First of all, I really liked the music. Mm. Then I had a reason, <laughs> except for her being a woman, to look her up. I saw a little bit information in English, very little, but was enough to surprise and amaze me. She was way before her time with all her actions, everything she did in her life. 
she really challenged almost all the norms, the societal norms of her time and country because she was born in the 19th century, in the middle, 1847. Um, and we have to think about it that in Brazil, it was a little bit after colonial time, but still Portuguese domination. They had um, the emperor. It was a little bit late. It was everything around 30 years later than in Europe or in Portugal, mm. in France. So women rights, <laughs> the place of the woman, everything was a little bit later than, than here in Europe. Uh, and she she was basically the first professional musician in a country, woman. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's already amazing. But uh, she's written so many pieces. She was one of the creators of the Shower style before it was even named Shower. First, she was still calling her pieces polkas. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm <laughs> having a very long introduction uh it's it's hard it's hard to summarize uh but i hope uh no that's okay it already shows that she is an interesting person to talk about <laughs> so definitely yes no thanks already for this and you already um said a little bit about her birth uh, dates and um stuff like that but maybe You can uh, tell us some um, some of the rough dates of this rather unusual biography. Uh, when did she live and how did she grow up? Maybe about her family, marriage life or places that she lived in or her music education. Yeah, happily. <laughs> so she was born, as I said, 1847 in Rio de Janeiro. Back then, the capital of the Brazil Empire. It was at that time, a little bit after um, colonial time, but before it was a republic. So that they had a king, and she was born. Actually, this is information that um, was discovered in the last years. She was born out of marriage. She was a bastard when she was born. Her father was a rich white man, middle class, high middle class. But her mother, Rosa, she was um, actually a freed slave. Uh, and she has had a relationship with the father. They had a lot of children together, I think around eight, maybe four of them survived. And Shikinia was the first one that to be... That, that the father took responsibility for uh, in a formal way. So she actually, we don't know if she knew that she was born out of marriage because um, one year, around one year after her birth, she was um, baptized and uh, and the father took assumed res responsibility and uh, gave her his name. But... She must have felt, I mean, she had a black mom and she was mainly staying at home, actually. Um, it was a very, very racist society. And she she was actually, you can see in pictures, she, she doesn't look white, but she doesn't look black, She but she could be white passing. And that's what she was based also on the... Um, um, 
advantage she got growing up, growing up white, mm. with white privilege. Um, when she was 16, so like growing up white and rich and privileged for the society, she, she had um, extensive education of languages, French, Portuguese, Latin, piano lessons, which mm. was a really normal thing for the time, for this, for a class, for a statue. Um, from a young age, she was very passionate about music. She, she's written her first, her first known to us piece at the age of 11, uh, was presented it in the salon of the family in a Christmas party. Um, so she was from the beginning way more, um, engaged with the, with music and piano than, than than an average, let's say, senior zinia. That's like the name of, of um, young um, young girl before marriage of a good family of this time. So when she turned 16, she was, as many of her age, this was very normal back then, she was, uh, she got married in an arranged marriage with someone she barely knew, uh, a couple years older, businessman, someone of, um, it was a political marriage basically for the father to, um, yeah, connection between the families, what was really usual for the time. Uh, she didn't really want it, but she accepted it. It was normal. Uh, her wedding gift from her father for, um, wedding was a piano actually. Mm -hmm. uh, little did he know, <laughs> um, that would cause some trouble afterwards but uh or at least for him trouble yeah yeah <laughs> for him uh it was the piano at this time for for women piano music it was something to keep at home to to entertain guests to to have as a as a hobby as like like sewing or just something for the house because women at this time except for women of the street, how they're called, were kept home, yeah. uh, except for for the church. And it just started to, to go out in the street with, with the families, but it was really unacceptable for women back then to, to walk alone in the street, uh, unless maybe if they were the, the servants <laughs> going for shopping. or um, So trouble, I was saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she got the piano, she got married, very fast, she, she after a year or a bit less, she had her first child, and she was still very passionate about the piano. She was still um, playing it, writing. Her husband Jacinto, he didn't really like it. He he wanted all the attention to himself, <laughs> like uh, to take care of him, of the house. Uh, and not to be so prominent also because she was good at what she was doing and she was meeting a lot of people, playing with people and this was unheard of. This was not respectable. Uh, not, yeah, this is not what a respect, <laughs> respectable woman does and this time uh, a wife. Um, they had a few more children. Uh, at this point, one more kid um, had a lot of fights also in uh, Brazil at that time started the war of Paraguay 
um, and he was um, taking part, um, going on a ship, uh, and he really wanted Shikinya uh, Francisca to come with him, with the kid on the ship. She didn't want to, but she had to. He was the head of the family in deciding. On the ship, she didn't have a piano, but she somehow found a guitar and she also wouldn't stop playing and composing and he got really mad. Then the relationship at this time really worsened, was not a good time. And at some point, supposedly, we, we know this from her biographer, we don't have any documents that she wrote, we, but... Um, testimonies that they had a famous fight where she was saying he was saying you have to choose it's the music or me you can't continue being this way and she was saying supposedly um, something like that my Portuguese is not perfect but it means husband there is no question here. I choose music. I cannot understand life without harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't like it, obviously. And she she left him. Uh, I mean, or she left him anyway. She left him yeah. because he was saying you have to choose, and she chose. She left. She left to her parents' house. At first, the father was not there because he was also at the war and the mother didn't have authority to decide what to do with her. So she left. She was uh, a little there with with the kid also, the first um, and second kid. They had like two kids at this point. But then she discovered she's pregnant um, and she did try to come back to him and to make peace and uh, it didn't last for very long. Um, shortly after she gave birth to the third kid, Maria, um, she left again. They, they had fights, uh, and she, at this point, her father also came back. And basically, when he discovered she, she left the home, the family, the husband, maybe, mainly, he declared her dead. He didn't accept her, and he said, "I have no more daughter, Shikinia. Um, she's no no longer my daughter. She's dead to me." And her mom had to comply, comply, and also not have any contact with her. They did um, keep the the daughter Maria. Um, they um, she grew up with the grandparents. She thought they were her parents, um, actually. Um, at the time, since women were one of the biggest uh, roles were to bear children, her mom actually had another child at this time. They had only like one week difference, the grandchildren, the, the granddaughter and the daughter. Mm-hmm. And they grew up together. And she, came, um, she, would, she couldn't have contact with her kids anymore. They just wouldn't allow it. At this point, she wasn't yet uh, formally divorced. She just left him and she was um, continuing with music. She she actually also uh, 
um, met um, someone uh, from a youth. Uh, they had uh, an affair, she, affair relationship, uh, someone that she chose, and they were together for a few years. Um, also outside of Rio de Janeiro, so outside of public eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Minas Gerais, another region of Brazil, and this this was a very passionate relationship. He supported more of her music. He let her do what she wanted, but it was not a marriage, so so to say. So she was more free for a few years. Um, they were in this other state, and then they came back to Rio. She was pregnant from him, and then they were presenting as a married couple. At this point, her real husband that she's still married to couldn't accept it and was furious. And at this point, he he filed a complaint about her, uh, filed divorce for divorce and saying that she's not loyal. And um, although, I mean, of course... If you look at it on paper, she was not loyal, but they were not together anymore. Uh, but for the time, it made him feel very not respected in the society because before he didn't care so much, but when it's in Rio and the whole society sees it, he couldn't accept that. There was quite a public trial. She lost, but she never, you can see the record of that, she never admitted to to commit um uh, adultery, actually, but she, she, yeah, which was, she, she stood for it because she didn't see it this way, even though society did, and she did, um, she did admit other things. He was uh, accusing her of, but mm. not this, and this ends this process, and they're getting divorced. At this point, also, she decides to leave her lover because he was cheating on her all the time. And then she, at this point, she's 29 and she decides to stay on her own for a while, focus on music. She worked really hard. She was living in Rio in um, more poor areas um, that she could still afford. She was... Uh, advertising to give language lessons, piano lessons, everything she could from education. And at this point, she actually started being who we know her for. So now, Francisca, she is in Rio de Janeiro. Um, and what did happen to her music career when she was dead? Was she inspired by something special? How did it develop? Because I also read that she composed around 2,000 songs in total. I mean, she had a, a long lifetime, you already said, but um, I guess a lot happened there then in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. In the moment that she, <laughs> she, she she's 29 and she becomes freer from men in her life and being more independent, she has had a lot of difficulties to maintain herself financially, but out of these difficulties, she had to work very, very hard to write a lot of music. And everything started happening very fast at this point. So it's not she was not writing before, but she wasn't publishing anything before. 
1877 was the first time she published a piece. This piece was called Atreense. This is also a funny story, actually, um, because Atreense in Portuguese means attractive. Mm -hmm. I will explain later why is it a funny story. <laughs> you can already imagine. Okay. Um, at this time, she became involved with a lot of other artists. She was part of the Bohemia, a very bohemian lifestyle in Rio de Janeiro that was developing at the time. There were some women, um, especially French or foreigners, that were part of this, let's say, coffee, cafe culture. Um, there they would call it uh, bakery culture. They were sitting in bakeries, not in cafes in Rio mm -hmm. de Janeiro. Uh, but it was the same idea. Uh, also evenings, a lot of intellectuals, artists, bohemian life. That was in a big contrast to where she came from or what she was expected to be as a wife, uh, from the class she came from, but she she embraced it. Uh, she she was very loved by 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 people. Actually, a lot of people even um, dedicated her things they wrote and music. And there's even one piece by quite a famous um, Brazilian composer called Joaquin Calado dedicated to her, and it's called Querida por Toros, loved by everyone. Um, he dedicated it to her with her initials, so it was not completely clear it's her because she was uh, actually still in the divorce process at that time, so it would be a big scandal if he gave the whole name. But she was very popular, uh, playing in with, with a lot of musicians, of course, all men, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. um, but she just did it and she didn't care what people thought. Of course, there was a lot of gossip and people, she was very different than all the other women of her time and they didn't know where to put her in what category because she was making a living by selling lessons, teaching, by composing, selling you know, compositions, but not selling a body. And usually it would be only or either a wife or or maybe like even an old lady with no family, but like respect, respected, respectful, um, that wouldn't go to the cafes at night or, or it would be the, um, the prostitutes. Uh, and she... Some some people would see her as one, but it was clear she wasn't, and it was hard for society to to categorize her. She 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 wasn't none of this. She was a new type of woman, and this is also what really really inspires me about mm. her that she she created her own path in a time where it looked like there is no path for someone like her wanted to do the things she wanted to do, but she created it. She yeah. created it for so many women that came after her also. Um, so we are in the 70s, 70s of the 1800s. 
she starts to write a lot of music, a lot of polkas, waltzes, a lot of solo music for piano. So about polka and genres that come from European culture, they would still be called polkas, for example, but she would change, she and other composers of her time, she would leave the European harmonies and melodies, but she would change the rhythm. The rhythm would be from African descent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the rhythm would be way more complex. Uh, and this is the, the fusion of choro. Like, like in jazz that, that developed in the United States, in Brazil developed the choro that had European elements and African elements within it. Also a little bit of native, but this is a bit harder to, to say what exactly, but, but you, you do see it, but I, I, I can't explain so much about that. But again, uh, the European and African fused together, combined. Also, she is a combination of these two traditions, uh, her heritage. So it came more uh, naturally to her, actually. It would be natural that she would do these things. So she would call it a polka, but it would be a different kind of polka. Mm -hmm. um, and later on, actually, um, in later publications in the 20th century already, it would already be titled some of these pieces, not as polkas, but as choro, which would, is a new genre that this is the time it was developing, but it didn't have a name yet. So she was selling polkas, waltzes, um a lot of, and her music became very popular in Rio de Janeiro. For example, this Polka Atraente that she wrote, she had 15 editions in a year for this piece. It was extremely popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, since it means attractive, she was also an attractive woman. So a lot of mean people, <laughs> um, yeah, connected that, not in the best sense of the word I mean it did give her publicity but not exactly good publicity but whether they wanted it or not she was popular she was well known whether if it's for good or for bad but she she started to become famous in Rio and her music was good it was actually very good so you couldn't deny it why would it be sold if it's not good that's the thing with Chiquinha Francisca Gonzaga many times she's very known for scandalous life and people don't speak so much about her music, but her music is great. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's really innovative. Um, she was a very talented composer and musician. Um, that also had scandals, but that's, I don't think it should be the main thing. So at the beginning you said that there are um, no documents that she wrote herself that we can really find and that there's not a lot of literature. And I was wondering... Um, Is there any, uh, how to say, yeah, information that we can find how she dealt with the situation of being a female musician uh, within this very, very man and patriarchal dominated music world? Well, in short, <laughs> she just did it. <laughs> she was just having a career, just writing also conducting afterwards, uh, this for sure she was the first in the country and also in, in the Americas, actually, first woman conductor. It's even today such a male-dominant yeah. profession. So I'm not sure how she felt. 
I mean, I can imagine, we can all interpret and think, try and think, how is it to be someone that breaks through, someone, a pioneer, she, that's what she was. It was probably hard, but I mean, she still did it. She just did what she wanted to do, writing music and conducting, playing. And uh, yeah, indeed, I don't know of, uh, I know maybe of one document that she's written, um, but it doesn't have a lot of information and it's, um, it doesn't tell us a lot, except that she was religious. And actually it's a document um, that she wrote 15 years before she died. So she was in her early 70s. And she thought that she's going to die soon. And she wrote a lot about her life full of suffering. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of like a, not a will because she didn't uh, say... It was for the children. She wrote for her children. Mm. Um, um, yeah, about her life full of suffering. So maybe that's the answer. Mm. And um, also, is there a way to read answers for this in her music maybe yeah exactly how how i look at it is seeing what she wrote when to understand her life story because you can hear in the music you can hear what where the person was at when he composed these pieces yeah so for example in the um, also by the titles of the song so she has a a lot of songs with quite sad names like crying or sure sure it in itself is cry but that's that's for it's not necessarily how she named her pieces but uh, especially in the 70s 80s when she's starting her career in Rio she has a lot of a, a lot of sad sad piano music but also attractive polkas so she did both she just did so much she just didn't stop writing uh, she wrote a lot uh, from music theater 77 plays to be exact mm -hmm. um, there's a story of her writing the libretto for one of them but in the end it was censored so so it's not her lyrics in the end it's just her voice through the music there is a uh, One reason that Chiquinha Gonzaga, Francisco Gonzaga, is quite well known in Brazil nowadays is that in 1999, in the 90s, um, they made a telenovela about her life story, a soap opera, and of it, it's like 10 hours or something. And they took a lot of liberties. <laughs> uh, they also used all of her music, which is great, and they made her known, but they also took a lot of liberties and they emphasized her love life and scandals. So she's very known for that. Mm. Um, so many people, probably in Brazil, if they didn't go more in depth about her in research, they would probably see her as this telenovela uh, persona. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So how known is she in, in general in, in Brazil? In Brazil, uh, I have some Brazilian friends. So when I found out about her, I asked many people. Most people above 30 knew about her because I think that's the time the telenovela was also yeah. <laughs> aired. Um, some younger people said, yeah, I heard the name, but I don't know exactly who she is. But there is one thing that all the Brazilian know. She, it's the song she's the most famous for. It's called Uabre Alas. And it's the first song of the Brazilian carnival. The first music that was composed mm -hmm. for Brazilian carnival. And it's played a lot. And every Brazilian knows it. Maybe they don't know she wrote it, but they know the music. And so it depends on your... Um, background I guess also what you know and your age but people heard the name most Brazilians heard the name but some of them don't know much or know things based on the mm. telenovela yeah. so I think it's very obvious to see that she lived a very uh, independent life as a woman and um and she she fought her fights uh, her, in her very own way as you and yeah as you said. And you also said that she was um, an activist. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what kind of activism she was involved in or did. So actually it was a very turbulent, turbulent time of history, I think in general, but also specifically in Brazil. And also it's almost, she lived for a really long time. So obviously many things happened, but it was the turn of the century. Uh, in Brazil, it was when she was born, there was still slavery, uh, 1888 abolition. So she was an abolitionist. She was active um, to, the, to the... She was an abolitionist, mm -hmm. uh, it says itself. Um, she was also... It was also still the empire and it was not a republic yet. And she was also active in organizations to promote the creation of the Brazilian Republic. She, her most famous activism and very relevant still nowadays, um, still an organization that she, she was one of the founders of and still exists nowadays, is the SBAT. It's the Brazilian GEMA, basically. It's the Brazilian... Um, organization for copyrights for artists for for authors actually so it's also composers mm -hmm. writers it started she started to be very popular and her music was played a lot and i didn't say that but actually she was also touring in europe later on in her life and there's this story i read somewhere that she was actually in berlin where I also live. <laughs> and then she saw her music sold in a music shop under another name. Ooh. Yeah. And this has happened in a few occasions also that people played the music, but she was never rewarded for that, um, which can still happen today. But And then she thought, there is nothing that can help me. Like, it's not in the law. So she... She was one of the founders of uh, of this organization in oh. Brazil the mm -hmm. first time. Um, this was um, around 1900, I think, maybe uh, 
the first decade of the 20th century sometime and um, so this would be her biggest contribution I would say as an activist um, there is also a document that was found where she she was buying the freedom of a slave uh, that was the, a slave of her husband her first mm -hmm. husband and her and and she was um she was paying to to free him to freeze uh yeah to have him freed so i would say she did all the things well, <laughs> she was a, like liberal and and she 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 was active in all the organizations for freedom in of her time also for women rights actually only one one year before she was dead the the voting uh, for women became legal in brazil which is crazy <laughs> she she yeah. she she kind of took all, all the, the she, she was just doing so many things also before but officially for women in brazil they could only vote in 1934 <laughs> Um, so as I was saying, mainly the spot, the copyright for for others mm -hmm. that she was initiating was her biggest um, action as an activist. Thank you very much for all the information you have shared with us so far. And um, I'm very happy that I invited you because I um, actually didn't know a lot about her before you told me um, that you were doing research a couple of weeks ago about her. That's how I found about found out about her. And um, I could keep on listening uh, to whatever you know about her or uh, keep on asking questions. But um, I think we have um, covered quite some of the interesting aspects of her life. And maybe we, we take it to an end here at this point um, about her her uh, life story and um, so you said there's not a, not a lot of literature or hardly any none uh, in English so um, maybe the best way um, for our listeners to find out more about her is uh, through her music actually because there's not a lot of um, literature that you can read if you're not able to read Portuguese so maybe you can recommend a couple of songs or talk about a couple of songs however you like that um, you would recommend to people listening I would happily do that but I just now remembered I didn't reference uh, one important resource uh, to learn more about her I'm almost sure they have some things in English as well so there's um, a man called Vandrei Braga and I think 15 years ago, he created a website about her. He learned about her from the telenovela. We, we talked to him. We had an interview with him to learn more about her. Yes. And he started this website, Shikinia Gonzaga. The website is Shikinia, shikiniagonzaga.com. And it's actually a great, great resource to learn about her. It has an archive with all of her pieces that were found. So music scores. To, to play. It's actually very playable also for different levels uh, of piano playing, mainly piano music, I would say, there. So it's a great place to go to if you're interested to learn more about her. There's the archive, 
there are a couple different articles and the website also updates regularly when they find new findings or new documents. That's how I found out, for example, about the, this was quite recently about the letter she wrote to free the slave that was Harris and her, her husband. So definitely check out this website. Um, I can mention a few pieces like you can mm -hmm. start with. Uh, so there is Uabre Alas, which is the Carnival March, her most famous piece. Um, there is A Cortajaca. A Cortajaca. Maybe we can write it in the description yes, that will. people can <laughs> or, or connect uh, link it. And this is also quite a famous piece of hers. It started um, as a part of a music theater um, piece, but then became popular on its own. And it's uh, it's a mashisha dance. It's it's to dance. It's a very beautiful piece of music. There are so many different um, covers of it also all over YouTube. I would really recommend maybe to start there because it's, I think... Anyone would like this too. Mm -hmm. I, I also like very much other things of her, but I would say that's a good starting point. Um, and also <laughs> another quite famous song, but very, very beautiful, also originally came from a music theater of hers, Lua Branca, which means white moon. It's a song for piano and voice. Very beautiful, I recommend so thank you. Now we have some nice recommendations of listening to the music of Francisca and uh, a way to find out more about her music and her life is uh, the new project you are working on right now because you mentioned it before and um, I would like to know more about this. So please. Yeah, exactly. So the project we are working on right now is... Uh, our goal is to bring her story uh, to to make it more known, to make it known in this part of the world. And the way we chose to do that is through a musical journey. But not only I was thinking only playing a concert with her pieces and explain. I, I was thinking it's too little for such a big life story. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking that I want a little bit more. Um, and we came... I came and, and then my my artistic partners um, came along and now we work on it together. We came to the conclusion we will do a, a collaboration between uh, music and theater. So a music theater show. It will tell her life, but not in a documentary way. Um, we, we make it, it will be a collage of different pieces of hers. And through that, you can also learn learn about her, about her story. Uh, as I mentioned before, we we see her her pieces, her music pieces as her diary. So this is our guiding line in the creation of the piece. Yeah. And so um, you said it will be played in May in Berlin. So I I'm uh, one of the lucky people that can. Um, visit this piece very easily because I live in Berlin, but uh, is there going to be any performances maybe in other places too? There are some uh, things planned, but not yet concrete dates. We are working on the schedule, but definitely it won't be over with two shows. Um, 
yeah, definitely we want to spread it, spread uh, the knowledge about her and her music. And maybe when I have the concrete dates, I could update you and you could write it down in the description. Yes, yes, I would love to do that. Yeah. So I will just say that uh, it's in, on the 12th and 13th of May in Berlin, in Das Weite Theater. And you can get tickets through the theater website. We'll have the link below. And so it's a, uh, we were creating an ensemble of an actress, that's also a singer, Marcella Diaz, and three musicians um, that together will tell her story and different perspectives of her life story. A whole female ensemble that came to be. Yeah. It sounds like a very nice way to to get um, to spread the word about a musician, um, because I I do think um, that especially here a lot of people don't know her, and uh, it seems to me like a very nice way to get to know her. So um, thank you again and again uh, for uh, having this talk with me and for highlighting this very special musician. It was uh, my pleasure. Yeah, I very much appreciate. I myself learned a lot. And um, I will see you at your show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very to much. See you there. Thank you so much. As with all productions, this podcast could only be realized because of a team. In this case, a wonderful group of female distributors and supporters. Thank you all for encouragement, help and advice. Special thanks go out to Anne Borchers for playing the bass, Andrea Ramirez Ruiz for the visuals, Zoe Langdell for mother tongue support and François Perdriou for mixing and mastering. This podcast is part of the Swinging Europe Network and co-funded by the European Union. Thank you for listening. If you have any kind of feedback you want to share, be it a suggestion for another female musician to be represented here, something you feel that is missing, you want to discuss, whatever it is, feel free to reach out to me via email to nina at syncopation.de And remember, every day is Women's Day. Yes, babes. Bye-bye and Tschüssikowski.